0: Hello everyone, Tom Kislingberry here. I host the Read and React podcast, along with Sticky Z. We talk about all aspects of leagues that use individual defensive players, including player value, projecting performance, training camp battles, scouting, and lots of statistics. IDP can be off-putting to those of you who haven't done it before, but it's really not that difficult. After all, even an Englishman can manage it, so you should be fine. So if you already play IDP, you're looking for a new fancy challenge, or if you just love football, come and give us a
1: try. Cheers.
2: You're listening to the Dynasty League Football Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome back to another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. This is episode 295. I'm your host again this week, Matt Price, here with my pals Ryan McDowell and Dan Myler. Ryan, how's it going this week, man? It is going well. I'm getting excited about the combine, Matt. Yeah, started up today with the measurements and some interviews and stuff like that. We'll get into the on-the-field workouts later this week and into the weekend, so a lot of stuff to look forward to. Dan, how about you, buddy? How are you?
1: I'm good. I, I really enjoyed the outtakes last week. Did you, Matt?
2: <laughs> I hated the outtakes, Dan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, Aaron, Aaron made you look good, bro.
2: Oh, uh, She makes me look good. She did not make me look good with that outtake set, but I'm sure the... Uh, the audience uh, enjoyed the the peek behind the curtain there, especially with with my nonsense. So. <laughs> For sure, it was good. Anyways, uh, let's uh, let's actually we're gonna go ahead and announce the final five uh, participants in the DLF Listener League based on our rookie redo series redraft series that we did. Uh, we have at Taco Cluster at Matt S T E Claire. I'm gonna say that's Matt Saint Clair at Hey Shecky. at lamar30 and at ryan l howlett welcome guys to the league send one of us uh, probably ryan because i think he's going to be the one that sets up the league let's send him your real name your email address that kind of stuff and we will get that set up and rolling and be in touch once we finally do that ryan uh, when are we going to do the first draft for that i don't know i'm i'm ready to get it started i'm looking forward to these you know the best
0: the best part of a league is drafting and, and we get what 12 of them is that right
1: gosh that's awesome
0: so, excited. yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun offseason to get this league
2: started. Awesome. Well, well, we will definitely get to that soon as we get into the offseason here. Um, but let's uh, dive right in before we get to our, our main topic today, which is to go ahead and examine running back landing spots. Got a few interesting news articles this week, uh, news items this week. Number one. Uh, the first report that I saw that really kind of intrigued me, guys, was the Cardinals are out on Kirk Cousins. I'm not sure if that's because of a cap issue or they just aren't happy with the player. They just think that they can't afford them or whatever it is. Uh, I'll throw it to you here first, Ryan. What are the Cardinals going to do at quarterback if they're, they're not going to go after Kirk Cousins?
0: I, I think well, they have a lot of options. We talked quarterback landing spots and quarterback landscape last week. But, um, I mean, even if they drop down a tier to – Ridgewater or Bradford uh, there, there's there's just so many options so they could uh, pull off something similar to what many people expect the Browns to do in signing a free agent and also drafting one of these rookie names that we uh, that we're getting to know pretty well so you know it's not going to be that flashy move of, of signing cousins it appears uh, but a- again there's there's some options there
2: I know we just had Nick Foles win a Super Bowl, but honestly, I kind of feel like he was their really only chance to get back to the playoffs and potentially to a Super Bowl. And without a quarterback of that caliber, man, I feel bad for Larry Fitzgerald. At this point, I wonder even why he's coming back. Uh, but uh, Dan, let's go to you with Bortles. He signed a three-year, fifty-four million dollar contract with twenty-six point five guaranteed. However, it does uh, leave them an easy out in twenty nineteen. I think the the cap hit, off the top of my head, in twenty nineteen, will be like seven million if they decide to move on at that point. Uh, does this contract make you feel more comfortable with Bortles? You know, it it seems to me like a
1: prove it deal. Like like you got us to the playoffs. You're you're a quality quarterback. You're a good quarterback. I don't know if you're necessarily a a championship caliber quarterback or anything like there like that. But let's buy ourselves a year to figure it out with this defense and this running game and all the other pieces that are around it. Uh, I think they gave him a little bit of a head nod to yeah we we didn't have the weapons here this year with the injuries that we suffered at wide receiver. Um, You know, there's really not a pass catching. Tight end in place outside of Leonard Fournette, you you could make the argument that the Jaguars are are among the the least talented group of skill positions in the, in the league. You know the the team that they were trotting out, especially uh, after Week One of of last season. So it seemed to me more of a let's see, let's give this guy one more year. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, after, after the news broke that he got the contract, my eyebrows rose and then everything started leaking out about how the contract was structured and things like that. And it came back down to earth a little bit more. So it feels to me like, like a one year deal with incentives to go beyond that. If he leads the team to the playoffs and has a strong season and, and they continue to be championship caliber contenders.
2: Yeah, I wonder if they shot themselves in the foot a little bit by not extending him to that fifth year option last season, and that cost them, I guess, twenty six and a half million dollars at least. Uh, but you're right; they, I mean, they couldn't they couldn't not re-sign him after after what he did for them last year. So,
1: one of the worst positions to be for an NFL front office is to not have a quarterback. That that's one of the worst positions to be in in the entire league, and I can imagine the pressure of having a guy in your building and, and not being 100% sure. And if you let that guy go and he becomes what you thought he was a few years ago, or could have been eggs on your face. So I I don't blame the Jaguars at all. Now I wouldn't blame them at all. If they decided to add another quarterback to to the group this off season, or, or whether it be through the draft or, or another route. Um, Man, you know, as far as dynasty goes, I don't think anybody's feeling any better about him being their number one quarterback let or number two quarterback, let alone their number one quarterback. So Bortles remains the same. He's, a, you know, a quarterback three, really, in, in most dynasty leagues.
2: Yeah, I brought this up because a lot of people think that this or maybe not a lot of people think, but I've seen people say that this kind of renews their their confidence in him, whereas I see is it more of just kind of like a one-year deal and then let's reevaluate in 2019. So I don't know if I would go that far, but uh, at least for this year, you know, you've got, I mean, he's, he's basically a top 10 fantasy quarterback every year, so uh, despite his play on the field. So I'm, I'm sure we'll have similar numbers again this season, especially with if uh, they end up bringing Allen Robinson back. But Ryan, we'll jump over to you with Tyrod Taylor. It seems the Bills are not expected to cut Tyrod. So... Uh, again does this make you feel comfortable with him at all in a super flex kind of format would you be okay with him as your second quarterback in that kind of league
0: no not really and honestly I'm not I'm not sure I believe this report in the first place I I still think there's uh, a chance that they cut him I know that report came from uh, Ian Rappaport who's obviously one of the best in the business at at this point really after what we've seen from the Bills over the past year, it's basically impossible to predict what they're going to do. It, it looked like they wanted to tank, and then they made trades for uh, guys like Kelvin Benjamin. They traded away at least their biggest name piece and Sammy Watkins, and uh, pr- projecting their next move is, is almost impossible. As far as Tyrod's fantasy value, I would almost prefer him to get cut and land in a different situation. Uh, I, I would assume they're going to try to upgrade their weapons uh, both in the backfield and their their wide receiver depth chart but uh, they've got a lot of work to do there Zay Jones did not look good as a rookie Uh, McCoy is obviously great but there's nothing behind him Uh, so uh, lots of concerns there I I would almost rather see uh, circling back to the Cardinals I'd almost rather see Tyrod end up with a team like Arizona
2: yeah, that was actually where I was going to go next. Was that's that's where, who I hoped he went because seeing him in the back with David Johnson, all the fun things they'd be able to do with that combination, uh, that that sounded really good to me. But. Doesn't seem like it's going to happen, at least for now, at least according to the Bills. But like you said, who knows? Uh, one last bit of news here, Dan. Uh, we, we found out that Landry was franchise tag last week or the week before, something like that. And now there's multiple reports out there saying that he is likely to be traded if they can find any reasonable offers or suitors for him. Uh, I know we're going to be wide receiver next week, Dan, but any 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 place in particular you might want to see Landry land?
1: There's so many rumors out there from the Titans to the – Ravens to the Browns and back to Miami and and everywhere in between, I guess. I don't know if there's a place specifically I'd like to see him land. I I think ideally for dynasty owners, and I think we touched on this a week ago, is for him to be happy in Miami and stay there and, and play the same role he's been playing for the last few years. The only maybe drawback to that is that the franchise tag that they gave Jarvis Landry really chews up a lot of that available cap space they have for the rest of the year. And I've been reading a little bit about that throughout the week. And the more I dive into it, the more it feels like perhaps the Dolphins overplayed their hand and, and, and gave this tag thinking it was a slam dunk to, to trade Landry. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I, I think you look throughout the league and there's plenty of teams that need wide receivers. But, you know, I it it would be a stretch to put him among that top tier or or even those top couple of tiers of receivers in the league. I believe, uh, although he's he's a nice PPR guy for us as dynasty owners and possession receiver for for an NFL team. I don't know if it's if it's the the kind of case where he's going to have the biggest market. Um, I read reports that the Browns would be interested because they have all those high draft picks and. it's questionable to me at at best that they'd give up a really high draft pick for Jarvis Landry when you consider the contract that goes along with it. So as far as Dynasty goes, um, I think we're all watching closely and hoping for the best and hoping he lands with a quarterback or or in a situation with a coach that is a positive bit of news. But more than likely, the best case for us is is for him to land back in Miami. And I don't know, you know, from reports at least – doesn't seem like that's likely.
2: Yeah, it certainly doesn't. I I just hope he doesn't end up in Baltimore. <laughs> I feel like I've said this about every free agent and every rookie that I don't want them to land in Baltimore, but uh, what a what a gross situation that is right now. Ryan, any thoughts on Landry here before we move on?
0: Yeah, I I mean what Dan said is is spot on. It does according to all reports that we have that we've heard it does seem like they tagged him with the intention of trading him, but other reports that we've heard where they tried to trade him last uh, off season. They tried to trade him at the trade deadline. They weren't successful either time. So to tag him, just assuming they can, uh, they'll be able to trade him for the value they want is, is just clearly not a smart move. So because of that, well, you know, we'll, I guess we'll see how stubborn they're going to be uh, as, as far as their asking price. But I do think he could still end up staying in Miami. I don't know. And none of us really know how sold they are on getting him out uh, out of the building. As far as Baltimore, obviously that's not, a, not an exciting landing spot. But I, I was listening to someone, and I, I wish I could remember who so I could give them credit. But uh, they basically made the case that we don't really want Landry with one of these top quarterbacks that's going to... Accurately throw the ball down the field, but in, in his role is basically uh, almost that safety valve on every play. We want a Ryan Tannehill type, a Matt Moore type, and uh, Flacco does have the big arm, of course, but he also uh, throws the ball almost as much as anybody in the league, just as far as their passing volume. Um, and and we've seen him not only take shots down the field, uh, but also throw it short plenty of times. Uh, It wouldn't be exciting, but I don't think Baltimore would be the worst spot for Landry either.
2: That's a fair point, too, because I again, I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but I, I think they were in the top. I don't know, five or six teams throwing to the running back position, and maybe he could just be that extension of the running game like he has been in, in Miami for his entire career. So uh, anyway, let's move on to running back landing spots here. Once again, we're going to go through uh, the available options first, both the, the veterans that are available in free agency and uh, potential starters rookies. So uh, Ryan ranked these nicely for us, and I split them up at the for the free agent running backs. He's got Bell, Hyde, Lewis, McKinnon, Crowell, Burkhead, Hill, Frank Gore, Doug Martin, Blunt, Thomas Rawls, Orleans Darkwa, Chris Ivory, Charles Sims. Oh, sorry, uh, Jamal Charles and Charles Sims. Two two Charles, different different name order. Uh, <laughs> um, Let's see. Outside of, where, where's the cutoff for you here, Ryan, uh, in terms of guys that you think could be a potential starter? Uh, I think I'm going to draw the line at Crowell, which gives us Bell, Hyde, Lewis, McKinnon, and Crowell as potential starters. The guys, Burkhead, Hill, Gore, Martin, below that, I guess they I guess they could be in the right situation. But I kind of feel like Crowell is the last guy that a team might want as their lead back.
0: Uh, I pretty much agree. I mean, I think clearly McKinnon is more suited Is that, um, change of pace back or, or third down back, whatever you want to call it at this point, that that role is kind of changing in the NFL over the past couple of years. But um, to me, McKinnon and Burkhead fit that role while the others, Bell, Hyde, Lewis, and uh, Crowell could all be starters. But yeah, after that, I, I'm not going to count Frank Gore out at this point. He's, no. he's probably going to land a job. He's going to be probably a, a value in, in fantasy football again, but um after that, yeah, Rawls, Darqua, Jamal Charles, Sims, those those are just not guys really I even want to bother with at this point. I, I did hear, we saw the other day that the Jaguars cut Chris Ivory, and then he's been, uh, he had a visit with the Bills, who we were just talking about, uh, and supposedly there's some interest there. So um, kind of surprised to see him getting, getting a shot to sign already, again, with the depth of the both the free agent class and the, uh, and the rookie class coming in.
2: Yeah, Ivory is a guy I've always liked. He always kind of remember, reminded me of a, like a mini Marshawn Lynch, kind of just the way he runs, um, but just hasn't really ever been able to stay healthy. And then, of course, they brought in and Fournette last year, and, and that was the end of his, his role there in Jacksonville. Dan, any, anybody on this list stick out to you as guys you might like to see as a starter somewhere? I
1: think the one guy that sticks out is probably Legarrette Blount, and that's only because of the goal line work that he has the potential to add. He he seems like the guy year in and year out in startup auctions that you can get for just a few dollars and outperforms his salary. And and you know that depends on where he lands if he gets re-signed in Philadelphia, potentially go back to New England, maybe somewhere else and carve out a role like he's had over the last few years. I think he has the potential to be, you know, to perform a little higher than maybe his ranking might suggest among those free agent running backs. So that's the name that probably sticks out more than any other to me, um, with the exception of those, those big names that you said. Jeremy
2: after. Hill is a little bit interesting to me. He was, he, he we thought he was maybe going to be a, a, a real thing in, in fantasy after his rookie season. And it just kind of didn't really work out for him. Uh, he had a couple of, like, three touchdown games a sophomore year, and and then last year it just, it just seemed to get even worse for that guy. But the entire Bengals' offense was pretty terrible last season, so I don't know how much we can necessarily blame about on, on, on Jeremy Hill himself. So I kind of hope he goes somewhere and at least gets an opportunity to carve out some kind of role, whether it's uh, – I doubt it's as a lead back, but maybe as some kind of short-guarded situation or just some way to get on the field, because we did see him flash his rookie season. Um, but you're right. Every- you're you're going you're gonna to get us asked- – you're going to get Eddie Lacy down that one. <laughs> he could be the next Eddie Lacy. That's, um, well, let's look at the rookies real quick, guys. Uh, uh, everybody knows the names at the top. Barkley, Geist, Michelle, Ronald Jones, Nick Chubb. Uh, and then we've got uh, a little bit farther down, we've got Penny, Carrion Johnson, Mark Walden, John Kelly, Josh Adams, Royce Freeman, Kalen Blige, Naheem Ni- 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 Hines... <laughs> I'm sure I said that right. And of course, Rock Thomas, who you told me to watch last week, Dan, and I did. And I, I see why you like him. I really do. So I'll throw it back to you here. Uh, if you want to talk some more about Rock Thomas, please do. Otherwise, pick a another couple names on this list that you might be excited to see. In a, that could possibly be a starter next season uh, in their rookie year.
1: I'm going to stick with Rock Thomas because after you and I talked about it last week, I, I watched him a little bit more. And the more I watch him the more I like him. He's got that ideal build. I think he's like 5'10 or 5'11, about 200 pounds. And he runs behind his pads, and he's powerful. He's got a really nice jump cut, especially for a guy uh, his size. And his balance when taking on contact is elite, I think. It seems like he's as good as anybody in the NFL right now when it comes to taking on contact – and continuing down the field. So those are all things along with his burst and explosiveness that I really like. Um, It seemed like he missed a few rushing lanes from time to time where I thought the cutback was there, and he he just stayed with with the running lane. I watched him a lot over the last week or 10 days, and I feel really confident that he's going to move up rookie draft boards as this process unwinds over the next couple of months.
2: Ryan, how about you? Any names stick out on this list of some, maybe not the most obvious ones, ones that could end up as a starter somewhere in their rookie season?
0: Yeah, I like the call on Thomas. I think uh, I think it was actually after the show we talked about him last week. His story, I guess, is maybe similar, similar path to a guy like Crowell, who we mentioned earlier. Big time recruit ended up at an SEC school at, at Auburn, but then just had some off-field trouble and and had to go the small school route. So those are guys that that are kind of easy to chase in Dynasty because we know we know they have uh, they have that pedigree. And Dan talked about some of his uh, some of his assets on the field. They also have that off-field risk. Uh, I, I don't want to speak specifically to Thomas. I don't I don't know his story or or if that was a one-time thing or, or a repetitive issue or anything. But again, just that they were at one point a, a big-time recruit and now they're possibly a, a third or fourth rounder in rookie drafts really says something to me. Um, the other guy I'm I'm kind of liking more and more uh, as as I get to see. Him play and see some of his clips and highlights and and things is Hines. I don't again. I don't think he's necessarily a future starter in the league this season or or really ever. But I definitely think he can have a role and and could be a big playmaker.
2: He is so fun to watch. I I, I feel the same as you. I, I don't know if he really can be a, a like kind of a lead or feature back kind of guy, but he's going to make a team really happy uh, just as kind of a role player and, and adding some explosiveness to their offense. So I definitely agree there. Dan, you had another guy you wanted to chat about?
1: Yeah, he wasn't mentioned in the list that that you put together there, but Akram Wadley hmm. out of I, Iowa is a name that I constantly go back to. I got a chance to watch him a lot playing in the Big Ten, and I, I feel really good about his upside if he lands in the right offense with the right coordinator that wants to use him as a space player on the perimeter, uh, I, I could see him filling a really nice role as a pass catcher for, for us dynasty owners in PPR leagues. Also, that that guy that runs the draw on 3rd and 10 or 3rd and 8, whatever it might be. Um, he's really athletic. He has one of the best jump cuts you'll ever see. If you haven't watched Akram Wadley play, uh, you, you should – go to YouTube and, and type in his name because he, he's electrifying. I think he has a little bit of Darren Sproles upside and we all know what he's done in the league. So a guy worth uh, keeping an eye on as this process unfolds for sure.
2: The one guy who I kind of watched a little bit of this week was, and I, and I don't really get it with him. Uh, I mean, I get why people like him cause he's kind of good at everything, but I don't really see him as having a, I don't know what you want to call it, like a calling card, something that, that kind of makes him stick out from the pack, but that's carry on Johnson. He does, he does really everything that you want to see on film. Like he's, he's just kind of good at like, all aspects of it, whether you're talking about pass blocking, pass catching, uh, uh he's aggressive. I, I, I personally don't like him cause he runs so high and I can see he, he, he kind of initiates contact. He, he certainly looks for it. Uh, yeah. So I, I think I question his durability a little bit just based on his running style, but I, I understand why people like him. I don't think he's going to be one of my guys, um, in this rookie class though. Um, all right. So, I I actually got a chance to watch Johnson quite a bit over the last few
1: days. And I I feel a little bit better about him than I did maybe before this whole thing started. Uh, He seems like he has a little bit more of the pass catching and third down stuff than I kind of expected out of a guy that's six foot and 220 pounds. So I I think uh, he'll be an interesting to watch as the combine comes along for sure to see if what he did on the field translates to that athletic uh, those athletic gifts that he he may I have. I feel like I'm
2: the only one who's mentioned this but his legs are so long like I feel like he's all legs like his torso starts at his armpits almost it feels like he's got such a narrow trunk like I don't know I just don't see him holding up but like like you said uh he's 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 good at he's a hammer. He he's though. got power you for know, sure he
1: uses his he uses his side to size to his advantage for sure and, and that's at, at the very least that's something that should keep dynasty owners interested as we go through uh the next couple of months
2: ryan do you see anything any like standout traits with with carry johnson like you know something that we can kind of fall back on is he, he's not a long speed guy he's not super shifty he's got some power to him but i just I don't really see anything that sticks out so no much.
0: I, I do think um, i think you're right that he does everything pretty well for me, though, I'm, I'm worried about the injury history. Um, in fact, he was he was a player, um, I, I think it was his, it was early in his college career, it must have been his freshman or sophomore season, where he was actually getting a lot of the, the touches for Auburn, and he had a, a serious injury, and, and it was so serious, in fact, or, or at least looked so serious at the time, that as a Devy owner and, and a guy who does those rankings, I pretty much wrote him off. So I, I was happy to see him come back this season. Petway kind of led led the way last year uh, for Auburn, but I, I was glad to see Johnson come back and, and not only contribute but really take hold of that backfield this off season. Just as just as a fan wanting to see a, a kid play well, but with that said, as uh, shifting to the dynasty owner mindset, he's not. A, there's no way I can imagine investing a first round rookie pick in him. Uh, with that injury history if if you just google carry on johnson injuries you're looking at leg and
2: shoulder and another leg injury it it keeps going isn't he going there though ryan isn't he isn't he like a, like a 110 109 and rookie adp i think i've seen yeah we have a couple of we months.
0: have rookie adp up on dlf and he is slotted as the 11th overall player with an adp of 11.9 so he's he's going ahead of some of the Wide receiver specifically that I would take over him: DJ Moore, St. Brown, Tate. Yeah, um, yeah. I would. I would not feel good about him in the first round.
1: Matt, you asked if there was something we could lean on as dynasty owners—the thing that on Johnson does so well—and if you need that, it's that stiff arm. And if you haven't seen the stiff arm he delivered against Ole Miss this past season, you need to go look at it because it was all—it was devastating.
2: <laughs> Very impressive. Yeah, sure. I could see that. But go down Ryan's list, two spots to John Kelly, and a guy that's not nearly the same size as is five, nine. nothing, John Kelly, and I think his stiff arm is even better. So uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just hating too much on carry-on. Somebody on Twitter come tell me why they like carry-on so much. Um, but let's move on to our landing spots here. Uh, again, I broke these down into categories kind of like last week with the quarterbacks. The first uh, first category here is these teams are pretty much set at starter. Maybe there's a potential backup opportunity. The Saints, obviously, are, are stacked at running back. The Falcons are stacked at running back. The Rams have Gurley. Uh, and probably is not going anywhere anytime soon. Minnesota with Dalvin Cook and and Latavius Murray. Dallas with Ezekiel Elliott. Maybe there's a backup job behind him, depending on how they feel about Rod Smith or one of those old guys. Uh, Kansas City, obviously, has Kareem Hunt and Spencer Ware coming back for injury. Chicago is pretty set with Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, they have uh, Joe Mixon, who didn't really pop like we wanted him to last season, but then, of course, have Giovanni Bernard behind him. Uh, always a, a steady guy chargers with Melvin Gordon. And, you know, maybe there's a, a spot there, but they seem to like Austin Eckler pretty pretty well there as, uh, as their pass-catching role. Uh, Tennessee with Derrick Henry coming on strong. Philadelphia, you know, I, I assume it's going to be a Ajayi, but, you know, they have Corey Clement there also looking pretty good, especially in the Super Bowl. Um, Arizona's got David Johnson, of course, but really nothing behind them. The Packers have a plethora of guys they could use now with, with the two rookies from last year and Jones and Williams and Ty Montgomery if they're going to keep them at that position. Carolina with Christian McCaffrey, you know, depending on what happens with Stewart, maybe there's a small, small chance there that they need a, a lead back if they're not ready to hand that over to McCaffrey. And then Buffalo with Shady McCoy, you know, he's he's there, but there's not a whole lot behind him, and, and I don't know how much we're getting more time we're giving him, maybe a year or two. So they definitely have some holes to fill. Any disagreements with this list, fellas? We'll go back to you first, Dan. Any of these guys you think could could really use a, a, a highly drafted rookie or, or one of these high-priced free agents?
1: I, I don't think there's necessarily one that sticks out to me but I think there's probably one that's going to happen. I, you know, there's so many names be- between those free agents and these rookies that most likely one of these teams are going to add somebody, and then suddenly we're going to be looking at the starter in that city and think to ourselves, well, what what doesn't he have that we thought he had, or, or what doesn't this coaching staff see that we thought they did? So uh, I think dynasty owners should continue to be on their toes because – there is definitely going to be some news that comes down the pike at some point, whether it be through free agency or the draft that is going to shake this list up for sure.
0: I agree. And I think that might be Carolina. I do expect Stewart to be cut. And uh, I I like Christian McCaffrey as much as anybody, if we're talking about a a dynasty fantasy asset, but I, I don't think he's going to get starter carries. I mean, we saw him struggle as a ball carrier for much of the season in his rookie year. So if they do let go of Stewart, they have to bring in somebody else who can, uh, who can play that
2: similar role. That's fair. I, th- I think I also, I think I, maybe I forgot to mention Jacksonville with Fournette, and, you know, maybe they could bring somebody in behind them or if they're worried about that, that ankle still, uh, those lower leg injuries with that guy. So, uh, some opportunity with those teams, but not a whole lot. Uh, next category, we have a shaky starter, potential starting opportunity depending on who is brought in, if anyone. Baltimore with just who knows. I mean, we assume it's Alex Collins, but they don't really seem to like him very much. Uh, Houston, you know, they're kind of in flux with Lamar Miller, and a lot of people are, are just think that Deonta Forman is going to come and take this up. Maybe I'm wrong, but I really think that that Achilles is going to linger. Uh, maybe even past week one. So I'm not necessarily sold on him as the lead back there. So maybe there's an opportunity there if they move on from, from uh, Lamar Miller. Miami, you know, they have Kenyon Drake showed up. There's been rumors that C.J. Anderson may be coming back to to rejoin Gase there. So maybe there's an opportunity at that point. Um, Denver, if they cut C.J. Anderson, then I, I guess they're rolling with Devonta Burke, Booker <laughs> or whoever else they decide to run in. And then Oakland, Marshawn Lynch is still there for one more year presumably but you know he could easily decide to hang it up and then we're left with uh, deandre washington and jalen richard again so so some opportunity with these teams dan we'll go back to you um, any of these teams stick out as a place that you might want to see one of these free agents or rookies land
1: i know you mentioned before that you don't you don't want to see anybody land in baltimore <laughs> but it seems to me that the ravens have a history of feeding a number one running back so it, it, you know with that depth chart alex collins and Woodhead still there I guess and Buck Allen and and whoever Kenneth else. Kenneth Dixon is baby left he's coming over. back. Oh, Kenneth <laughs> Dixon of course. Uh there there's not that wow name, you know, Wood of all those names, the most valuable guy to me is probably Danny Woodhead and that's a sad sad point to make. So, um as a dynasty owner, I wouldn't mind a big name free agent or or one of these rookies landing in Baltimore and getting that that treatment that Harbaugh has given some of those running backs in his days as the coach in Baltimore. Um, So that's the team that kind of sticks out to me. I think you put a nice list together, however. Miami, there's the potential for for somebody to get a lot of carries there, a lot of touches. Denver, of course, with C.J. Anderson potentially moving on as well. So um, those are the three that really stick out to me that could be potentially um, nice landing spots for Dynasty. Dan, do you
2: believe in Devontae Booker?
1: It, it's. I've never been a big fan of a really big fan of Booker. It seems like somebody in in Denver, however, does though or is, because as that season progressed in 2017, we saw him get brought back from injury and, and get more and more touches, and it seemed at one point like he was going to take over for CJ Anderson. And then the last couple of weeks of the of the year, Anderson got got was treated like a bell cow so you know it it, it's a head scratcher for sure i don't think i don't think i'm out there trying to add booker to any of my rosters or anything um but as ryan will always tell you anybody with an opportunity has value in dynasty and booker certainly qualifies as that right now
2: yes uh that's that's about what he has going for him i think he's a decent pass catcher i just i don't know i i've i've a hard time believing these reports out of Denver that they think he's going to be their, their feature and lead guy. Ryan, uh, I have a question for you. Feel, feel free to pick out any on this list, but what do you think about Nyheim, Ny, Nyheim Hines? <laughs> I'll get it right one of these guys days, guys, I promise. Uh, what do you think about him uh, joining Deonta Foreman in Houston?
0: Um, I, I would like him in Houston. I do. Uh, I, I, I do think there's some, I guess, fire to the smoke, maybe, smoke to the fire, that Miller could be gone from there. So Houston is actually, would actually be my favorite landing spot for one of these uh, free agent running backs. While they don't really have anybody like Hines, I think they potentially could be looking for more of um, that every down type back again, depending on Foreman's health and Matt, I, I share your concerns. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we can assume he's going to be healthy at all. Uh, even, throughout the 2018 season he he seems like a, a strong candidate for the pup list to me um, which puts him six games behind at least so I, I would like Hines in Houston but I would probably be more focused on on a bigger back there
2: any uh, any other landing spots on this in this category stick out to you as a place you'd like to see one of these free agents or rookies land and the potential starting opportunity
0: yeah, I really, I really like them all. Honestly, um, Denver again, I, I kind of see, or, or I guess I'm buying into the idea of Anderson being gone. I'm not a Booker believer. Potentially Emmanuel Sanders being yeah. cut as well, so we could, we could see, uh, we could see them leaning on that running game, maybe even more than they did when when Anderson was uh, playing well over the past couple of years, especially with what we can assume is still going to be a shaky quarterback situation, even if they draft a rookie or, or bring in one of these free agents. So, but really I like them all. And and as far as the shaky, the shaky starter part of that, I'm having a hard time trusting any of these incumbents. Uh, The one I like the best is probably Drake, but like you mentioned, the the Anderson to Miami rumors are are, uh, kind of scaring me off of him as well.
2: Yes, uh, I think Oakland is the is the spot for me. You know, I think that offense is going to rebound. the The offensive line was one of the best in the league two years ago. Faltered a little bit last year. Um, I think we can chalk a lot of that up to to Derek Carr's broken back, though, <laughs> throughout a lot of the season in terms of how our offense went. So. I have hopes that that's going to be a high-powered offense still with, with Cooper and Crabtree leading the way there, with, and Car Carr throwing the ball. So hopefully that's a good spot if, if Marshawn can just get out of the way. I love you, Marshawn, but just just we we need somebody else there. <laughs> um, all right, so now let's get to the interesting part of this list. These these teams have definite needs at the position and and. Uh, Uh, You know, basically, there's a hole to fill there, uh, depending on what happens with some of the guys that that may or may not leave town. The Jets, they don't really have anything. I don't know if Bilal Powell is coming back or not. Uh, I kind of doubt it. They have, of course, the rookie or the second year player coming in next year, Elijah McGuire, who flashed in certain roles. But I don't know if he's really a lead back kind of guy. Tampa Bay has already moved on from Doug Martin. I like Peyton Barber, but I don't think I don't know if they like him enough to, to kinda of hand over the reins. The Giants have a huge hole there. They have Gallman, but we kinda of saw what he was last season. San Francisco Hyde is you know, maybe not maybe not gonna be there. And if that's the case then we have Bre Breda, depending on how you feel about him. The Colts with Gore moving on. A lot of people think that Mac is going to just jump in and be the starter there. I'm not so sure about that. Detroit, they just can't find a running back. Uh, Abdul is not the guy. Theo Riddick's always going to be involved, but they really need some guy to take the reins. I would love to see Darius Geis go to Detroit personally. I think that would be uh, a huge for their culture, toughen them up a little bit, make that offense a little bit stronger. Um, Washington, they drafted P. Ryan last season, but didn't really do a whole lot. I don't know if they are they're going to be investing in, in a big-name guy. It doesn't seem like like uh, uh, their M.O. really. And then the, the pa- Patriots are always we, – we want every running back to go to the Patriots. If it's not Dallas we want them to go to, it's the Patriots. So they have, they have a hole there to fill if, if they move on from Gillisley. And then as we discussed, um, both uh, uh, Burkhead and Deion Lewis are free agents. So still have James White there, but no real kind of clear-cut starter at that point. Um, let's just go down the list here, Dan, uh, starting with the Jets. Uh, what, what do you think they should do at running back?
1: Well, you know, they, they have a lot of they do. needs, they do. first of all. So I, I don't know if that's necessarily the, the top need uh, uh, for the New York Jets. I, th- I think they there's a chance they could go into the season with the group that they have and address other needs first. Um, it's not like the group of Forte, Powell, and Elijah McGuire is the worst in the league, for sure. So um, it, it, I think they belong on this list for sure, but... There's a little bit of upside with Maguire. Uh, maybe maybe not a whole lot, but at least a little bit. Bilal Powell has um, produced in this league and has produced for dynasty owners, for that matter. And Matt Forte has been a star, although can't stay healthy and, and is for sure aging. So uh, as much as you'd like to place one of these big names in New York with the Jets or, or maybe even these these rookies, uh, the, the second and third day rookies with the jets i don't necessarily think we should count on it happening
2: yeah i really like powell i think he's been an underrated player throughout most of his career and you know i I kind of feel like that might be the best spot for him to have a real opportunity to continue to produce ryan let's go to tampa bay uh do do you do you agree that they're looking for a starter here
0: yeah i mean they have to be looking to upgrade that i I know your love for peyton barber and (laughs) Uh, some others in the dynasty community share that. And and I get that. I mean, I think he, I think he'll have a role on that team and, and maybe even uh, if assuming they add someone, maybe even push a a guy like Jacquiz Rogers out of a a spot on that team. But we know they, they flirted with cook last year. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, I guess, rumors that they would take him in the first or second round. Uh, So I feel like they'll certainly be looking to upgrade that spot, but I, I do like Barber as well.
2: I just listened to our buddy Elliot Chris podcast on on Barkley a few days ago, and he, he seemed to have the same uh, kind of thought that I had. He hopes he take Barkley and, and just breaks the league. So uh, that would be a really fun landing spot. Um, Dan, talk us through the Giants and the kind of opportunity that might be there for a running back at that, at that team.
1: The Giants are actually one of my favorite potential landing spots and you can say what you want about the offensive line and how they weren't able to mesh together and and didn't play really at a high level over the last year and, and maybe even a couple of years. But when you look at that offense and the weapons that have been placed there between Odell Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard, uh, Brandon Marshall's expected to be back there from all I know, and then, of course, Evan Ingram, the piece that they're missing is running back. And and with just Wayne Gallman and Paul Perkins on board there, there's certainly a case to be made that that an electrifying running back might make be the difference in new york and and with the with the giants holding the second pick in the draft suddenly you start thinking about saquon barkley landing there or or one of these big name free agents or potentially a second day draft pick and you think to yourself wow that that could be the piece that that makes the offense tick a little better and and could could uh you know take take running back numbers to another level for for the Giants. We haven't seen a Giant uh, really put up big numbers in in fantasy in, in quite some time, at least out of the backfield. So I like the potential landing spot. I think there needs to be a little bit of work done on the offensive line but if, if a big game were to land with the Giants, I, I wouldn't be scared Man, away. And that would
2: be something to have Barkley, Evan, Ingram, and, and Odell Beckham as <laughs> three weapons there. On yeah, the that would offense. be, that would be some feed, fire though. right there. So uh, Eli would not be able to hide behind, <laughs> behind that play, his play, uh, if they had those weapons to throw to. So um, I, I think Indeed. I heard this bit of trivia on the bull rush, Ryan. So I'm going to play this game with, with Dan real quick. Do you know the the last Giants to rush for a thousand yards? Can you name that guy?
1: Oh boy, I'm I'm horrible remembering <laughs> names. It's gonna be funny to our listeners because they're gonna think I know the guy's name. It was the big guy. I think he wore number twenty-seven.
2: Talking about Jacobs, Brandon Jacobs. Jacobs, Brandon. That Jacobs, is right? not right. Oh, I was the little guy right. that played with who, him. Who was it? Uh, Ahmad Bradshaw. Oh yeah, remember that's Ahmad Bradshaw? I do. he was, yeah, he was, he was, he was a player. Fun player. I had him yeah. on
1: a lot of fantasy teams.
2: <laughs> Ryan, let's go to you with Seattle. Uh, we got Chris Carson there, hopefully coming back from that injury. But he looked good as an undrafted rookie. I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of hesitant to say that they're he's locked in as the starter there. But uh, what do you think about the opportunity on that team?
0: Yeah, I think you should be hesitant. Honestly, I, I'm just not quite on board with the Chris Carson hype. I, I, I do think he looked uh, good there but maybe he looked good compared to Eddie Lacey yeah. and CJ Proceis and Kristen Michael and uh, all these other guys that they've, they've tried. It, it just seems kind of to be a cursed backfield there in Seattle, even when they were uh, outside of uh, of beast mode, uh, of course, e- even in these years that they they've been perennial contenders, <laughs> they've uh, had some, some pretty bad play in their backfield. So I don't think things are trending in the right direction for them. We know their defense is getting older and has a lot of injury concerns. They just seem like a team that uh, is headed in the wrong direction. I don't think I would really want to invest in that backfield. To me, both Carson and and ProSize are both overvalued, even though has is just about out of dynasty value at this point. I would think they would add somebody. It wouldn't shock me kind of like we said with a couple of the other teams just because of some other needs on that team it wouldn't shock me if they uh, waited to address the running back issue and and Carson continues to gain value I I hope that happens I think I have him in a league or two that I want to sell him
2: yeah it just seems like they do not want to fix that offensive line like like at all (laughs) I mean I mean it's not like they're not trying They, they they're certainly trying but it's just not getting any better, and, and I feel like Russell Wilson is 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 the really the only person in, the, in that team right now that I really want for fantasy purposes. Even Doug Wald, Baldwin dropped off a little bit last year, so and like you said, that defense is aging for sure, so that team is definitely headed in the wrong direction. A team that's headed the right direction, Dan, San Francisco, they got their boy Jimmy G under contract long term now. Uh, they need some skill position players for him to throw to or, or, or hand off to. Um, I like Matt Breda quite a bit, but I'm not sure if he is really starter ready. They have the, the other guy that they just banged the table for right. That was the quote we heard all last off season uh, for the Jonathan Williams right Joe Williams Joe Williams. Joe, Joe Williams. Uh, yeah, so so those two guys are there, but they I think they could probably use an upgrade of that position.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a starter in the bunch. As much as I like Breda as well, I don't necessarily think he's the guy you're going to turn around and hand the ball to 18 or 20 times a game. Uh, certainly a nice uh, part-time player, uh, fill-in guy, probably a guy that could, could handle a full workload in spurts throughout a season to fill in for an injured tailback, but not the guy you're going to build a, an offense around. I you know, another team, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that we're gonna see a big splash here because there are other needs. Like you mentioned, they have to put some pass catchers around Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's the primary concern, especially when you consider what he did at the end of the season and and the lack of talent at those pass catching positions. Uh, Say what you want about Pierre Garçon, who should be back after his injury. Um, He's been a 1,000-yard receiver in the past. Marquise Goodwin is a nice deep threat. Um, But beyond that, at wide receiver, there isn't a lot of talent, I would say. And George Kittle is a nice uh, prospect for sure, but unproven, you'd have to say, at the very least. So uh, most likely, the priority among the skill players is not going to fall at running back. With that said if one of these running backs that we talked about land in San Francisco – uh, it'd be a pretty ex- exciting proposition with that passing game or that potential passing game and what we saw late in the season with Jimmy Garoppolo. So uh, of these teams that you listed here, the 49ers are one of my favorites for sure, but I'm not going to put all of my eggs into that basket that it's going to come this offseason. Um, there, there's still a lot of time for this team to build. I, I, you know, They're not going to immediately jump into a championship contender, although 49ers fans would probably say the opposite with that finish to the season. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like um, it, it, it might happen, and it'd be an exciting thing for sure. But if it doesn't, um, there are lots of other things to be excited about with the 49ers as far as uh, fantasy owners have, have uh, on their minds.
2: Yes, uh, by Pierre Garçon. That's what I'm saying from San Francisco this off season. Yeah, people were saying that last year, and I did it. And it didn't pay
1: off. So He played pretty well. Play he put
2: up. up some points for me last season. He got hurt. Yeah, he but... did
1: when he was on the field.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> but, Ryan, we'll go to the Colts. Marlon Mack, is he a, Is he a lead back? Uh, I don't really think he is. I, I think maybe, right? Maybe. Can you say maybe? Do we know maybe. really, Ryan? Maybe. I mean,
0: a, a lot of these teams are in, in the same situation that they have a ton of needs. The Colts are definitely one of them. They're not taking – of course they're not taking – well, I don't know. I was going to say they're not taking a round one running back, but I guess they could take Barkley and, and really
2: surprise everyone. Uh, but Ugh. If, they, if they take Barkley and destroy Barkley and destroy Andrew Luck, I will be. The, the, the Colts will be on my list forever if they ruin two uh, generational <laughs> talents. Uh, yeah, so
0: th- th- that would surprise me. Uh, but again, maybe with that leadership in Indianapolis, maybe we, we shouldn't be surprised by anything. Um, I, I like Mac a lot. I, I actually just looked up his ADP because to me, he feels like a guy. Gore almost certainly is, is gone. They're going to have to replace him as, as kind of that first couple down back, maybe goal line type back. But I was surprised to see Marlon Max ADP is is actually dropping. It was 86 in January and February down to 103. So hmm. maybe that's an overcorrection because he had a big jump in the middle of the season when he finally started uh, getting some playing time. But I felt, and, and I think probably everybody else watching the games felt like uh, they used Gore too much and they used... Uh, they didn't use Marlon Mack enough. And in, in fact, Warren sharp had an, uh, just an amazing, basically an article that he wrote on Twitter. If you guys missed that, go check that out. But it was about the Colts uh, coaching staff and their decision-making how in, uh, part of it was how ineffective Frank Gore was, especially in the second half. And, uh, how electric Marlon Mack was yet. They still basically refused to use him and they lost games because of it. So I really like Mack. Uh, if, if his value actually is falling, I don't really think it is, but if it is, I I would gladly be buying him, but they're they're certainly going to add a a bigger back there at some point.
2: What would you pay for Mack right now? Is he in the third round range? Would you give a, a mid to late second for him? Uh, If talking rookie picks, I think he's worth
0: I think he's worth an early second. Okay, Um, yeah, I I would easily pay an early second for him, especially again, going back to guys we were talking about, like carry Johnson. I'd rather have him than Johnson. That's fair. Easily. I don't I I wouldn't quite go as far as a a late first rounder at this point. But, yeah, I'd, I'd pay a early mid second for
2: him. I can't disagree too much. I think I would probably rather have John Kelly. That's the only guy I've talked about in the rookie class. But, yeah, I I think I would rather have him than on Johnson, maybe Mark Walton, um, certainly over Josh Adams and Royce Freeman. So you're not too far off there, I don't think. Dan, uh, any thoughts on on Marlon Mack? You seem like you had something to say there.
1: I I think the only thing I have to say is probably that that we don't know enough. and, And what Ryan mentioned there. Uh, with the article he, he suggested all our re- listeners read, is that we, we really don't know enough ab- about Mac And he was explosive in spurts and playing behind a horrible offensive line and, and in an offense that, that was inadequate, to say the least. Um, I think there's the chance that he is a very, very good player. Now, maybe not. Maybe it was just because he was playing in a part-time role. But if, if he were to put that kind of production out for an entire season and get starters touches with it, he would be a very, very highly coveted dynasty running back. So when Ryan said that, that he is 104 in in ADP right now, that suggests that he is undervalued pretty dramatically. And I'm buying as well. And, and when you asked about a second or maybe even a third-round pick, I'd be, I'd be sending those... In a second for Marlon Mack, because we are one month, maybe a little bit more than a month away from potentially finding out that he is the guy that the Colts want handling the ball regularly and and that's a guy that i want on my team even with that offense,
2: i just think there's so many questions with the line with with his luck playing you know but i think you're right the opportunity is what we want in this game and, and he could certainly have that with all the holes they have to fill on that roster um we're running we're running a little short on time here fellas so let's blitz through these last ones real quick Uh, Dan, we'll go back to you with Cleveland. You know, they have Duke Johnson there, but uh, it seems like they don't want him to be a lead back, and and Isaiah Crowell is certainly moving on at this point. So um, talk to me about that that opportunity there in Cleveland.
1: It seems like they're probably in line to add one of these bigger backs, one one of these guys that can be – add to what – to what johnson does as the pass catcher and the scat back and all that i, I don't know if that's going to be through free agency or the draft um there are some interesting names for sure in in this rookie class that you mentioned darius geis earlier now him in cleveland uh, that seems like kind of a, a match there a, a power back like him sony uh michelle also seems like a fit to me Um, we mentioned a few others as well. So it seems to me that the Browns are going to add somebody. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing for dynasty owners. They're, they're almost sure to have a young quarterback in place as well. Um, I really hope they don't do the Saquon Barkley thing. I I'd like to see them add the quarterback and then maybe add an offensive lineman to protect him or an impact defensive player to, to help, help him, uh, defensively. So, uh, we'll see what, what, really happens. Uh, I'm interested to see it for sure. I, I have very little faith in, in the Browns organization, but that's one draft away from, from changing dramatically.
2: I, I kind of hope they don't take Barkley either, but you have to imagine what that could do for their fan base. If they took a, their quarterback of the future at one and then took take on Barkley they made Barclay so at four, many
1: decisions you, for the fan base. Though. That's, that's seems true. Like.
2: Manziel was a fan base decision. That didn't really right. work and, out. Right,
1: and they all blew up in their face. Yeah. Let's go get some good football players to put around joe thomas that's fair. and and you know the other players that they have put in place there let's get a real quarterback let's 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 do some other things before we do stuff for the fans
2: the fans want winners <laughs> ryan let's go to you with detroit i already said i hope they take guys i mean offensively they don't really have any holes to fill uh, uh they their set at receiver really with those three guys uh, in in Galladay and, and Marvin Jones and and Golden Tate of course and Ebron a tight end say what you will about him but he's fine as, as their tight end. defensively I guess they could use a cornerback and some other pieces on defense but offensively man that, that pick, guy's pick sounds really good to me what do you think about the opportunities in Detroit
0: yeah guys would be fun there I think Theo Riddick is pretty pretty well proven uh as to what his role is, obviously that's not a feature back or, or or really a running back at all, but just a pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, I just hope they, they move on from Amir Abdullah. I've never been a fan of his. I would like to see him get a fresh start, and with a new team, maybe he can, you know, regain some of what he had as as he entered the league. is really an electrifying player, and that's just been zapped from him for whatever reason, whether it's it's the Lions' issues or maybe his own. But um, yeah, pairing a big back, whether it's Geis or or one of these other guys in the uh, in the draft or in free agency with Riddick could just instantly really change that entire team. We know they've got the pass catchers. We know they have the quarterback in place. So improving that backfield, I think would could actually turn them into pretty strong contender's you 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 Packers fans probably don't like to hear that
2: no but the the fantasy player in me thinks that that is kind of the missing piece in that offense so I I definitely agree there Ryan we'll go right back to you with Washington real quick P Ryan drafted last year you know Chris Thompson's hanging around he was very productive last season do you see any opportunity here for for somebody to come in and just take the the starting opportunity
0: yeah, I definitely see opportunity. To me, it's just a question of are are the Redskins going to act on that? Um, or Are they going Are they going to make the move? Or are they going to basically give P. Ryan another year? I think they have to bring in some type of competition. Uh, I'm still a believer in Thompson. He carried that team really through that first half of the season before his injury. So hopefully he can fully recover and, and maybe get back to where he was at the beginning of the season. But Um, I'm, I'm ready to give up on P. Ryan. I was actually ready to give up on P. Ryan this time last year. So, uh, him struggling, unfortunately was not, not a surprise to me. I I think they, I think they've got to bring in some competition. And if they do, I think P. Ryan might be, uh, an, an
2: afterthought. My, my favorite quote of last offseason was when Matt Waldman called him the Benjamin Button of running backs, since he started off. So, so, <laughs> so, so much burst and so productive. And just as as his career has gone on, he has uh, uh, obviously tailed off a bit. Dan, close us out here with the Patriots. You know, we want a big, big name running back to go there every season. What is the, the actual opportunity there in, in New England for any of these free agents or rookies?
1: There's always an opportunity with Bill Belichick, right? It's just, just when is it going to happen? The right week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, roll the dice, right. you know. But you know, you mentioned that list of, of free agent running backs at the beginning of the program, and, and you name any one of those players. Pick one randomly, and if you say he's going to New England, all of a sudden Dynasty owners say, "Oh, that doesn't sound so bad." Isaiah Crowell, hey, that did, that sounds all right. Doug Martin, sure, if he ends up with the Patriots, I I I jump in on that. Carlos Hyde. Uh, Charles, Jeremy Ivory, Hill. Sims, Blunt, say any name. <laughs> Jeremy Hill, you say any name connected to the Patriots and suddenly people's ears perk up and they're getting pretty excited about the potential uh, for for their fantasy upside. So, you know, the only thing I know about the Patriots uh, running game is that you can't count anyth- on anything. And today, right now, all we know that's there is James White and Mike's Mike Gillisley, I believe. So um, outside of that, they're going to add somebody. People will get excited about it. There are going to be people that are wrong one week and right the next. And uh, let's ride the roller coaster that is the Patriots' backfield in the offseason as well as during the season. How about that?
2: Yeah, you know, the last time they grabbed uh, an X ex- Bengals running back Corey dillon worked out pretty well for them so so maybe he'll has a shot there but uh thank you guys so much for listening we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for this week this has been another episode of the dlf dynasty podcast episode number 295 you can follow the show at dlf podcast you can follow my buddy ryan at ryan mc23 dan myler at dmyler 22 myself at m you guys that got into the Listener League, congratulations again. Taco Cluster, Matt St. Clair, Hey Shecky, Lamar 30, and Ryan L. Howlett. You guys get in touch with us, and we will get you set up for that. Everybody else, we'll chat with you next week, and we'll be moving on to the wide receiver position.